Welcome to What's the Buzz, New York with me, Nancy Lombardo. Today we have a very exciting guest, Alma Cooper, going to tell us about a new book, Killer Actress. Hollywood can be a glamorous, jealousy, rivalry, and even murder lurk just below the surface. Like all of us, the killers fight for attention, love, and their relationship. Killer Actress tells the story of those yet to be famous, pursuing their dreams and living their lives, engaging with friends and lovers. When, if ever, do we abandon those dreams? Never, according to our killer. Sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do for a greater cause. Ah, timed out perfect. Yes. Donna Cooper is a working actress and writer living just outside of New York City. Her first mystery novel, Killer Actress, is available on Amazon. Fantastic review. I wrote one of them myself. Ever busy as the caregiver for her mom, Donna managed to get two books, web short films, and commercials. Get a check her out. Open up her mic soon. She's also an avid golfer. There you go. I put that together for Donna for today. I'm going to open up her mic now. We're going to bring on Donna Cooper. I'm opening up your mic, Donna. There you Hello, go, Donna Cooper. Welcome Nancy. to the show. <laughs> Thank you. So, you are just, it is always a treat to talk to you and hear what you're going to create and come up with. Thank you, Nancy Lombardo. And GarageBand. <laughs> Okay. Your own theme song <laughs> for your book. <laughs> Donna, it's so I good to hear it. from you. It's so good. You've been so busy. You're working on films yes. and voiceovers. And, and, and I, I play video games. Now you have me scared. Have I been listening to you and don't know it? Uh, probably. Uh, probably. So probably. Probably. Always loved your voice. Always the Lauren Bacall voice of actors, uh, Donna Cooper. And yeah, uh, it's been great. You. <laughs> and so you written uh, you wrote two other books before this though, correct? What were the other two books? Other, it was just one other one? called Achieving. Yeah, what it's called Achieving Fulfillment. It's uh, one of them. They look different because I couldn't use the same cover. Blah blah blah. So it's an ebook, paperback, and hardcover, but it is just the same book, Achieving Fulfillment. Book, okay, I was confused, <laughs> yeah. but that. That was interesting. I, I love that you're a golfer on top of it all because it's almost if any murder book is meant to be written, it's about golf. But um, I like it. <laughs> no, that's true. Okay, that's – stop reading into my notes. That's like my next book. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, all I can think about is I, I know more golfers who have uh, – I don't know how they're still alive. It's from alligators to running themselves over with their own golf carts. But um, and from just being so frustrated that the game is just insane. It's crazy making, crazy making. That there's times when you do want to just strike out, but no, you're right. Golf is crazy. Oh, that's just my third book. <laughs> it's, just, it's your third book. Okay. <laughs> but okay, let's go back. To... Go ahead. I feel like it's a lot of walking. Like that's a detriment in golf. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, to me, it's like. I do go out uh, in uh, Greenport. They have a, a golf course, but I don't golf. Yeah. But I do go out to eat there because I like the food there. <laughs> yeah, but it's, great. Uh, it's what. But people are passionate about it, and you have to have a passion, as you do, 
for anything to do theatrical, and this book is your latest love interest, uh, killer oh. actress. And mm-hmm. how? Well, I, I I know you get I know you, so I we've worked together in the past, but I know. The, some of the characters that you got, I go, do I know that person? <laughs> I kept thinking. Uh, it was pretty scary. People do not realize the cutthroat industry of show business. How, it's funny, um, I, I, right, you're right. Right? So, I mean, and you wrote about that in your book. You combined uh, very much the detective uh, characters along with the, they, you put it in perspective to me that, Actresses, when you're competing with them, are very scary people. <laughs> yes. I don't want to give anything away, but you did put it in a perspective. And I, I kept thinking, and some of your scenes were so real to me because you had, like, the auditions and everything, and, well, you know, well, let's hope you get it, you know, kind of thing. But uh, <laughs> tell us about this concept, how you came up with this, other than you lived the life. It's well, I actually started, I wrote a screenplay back in 2016, and I just could, see, I wanted to put something down because as I was going through life, instead of me just writing in a diary going, oh, life here is crazy, I felt that it helped me to have, make characters up just because I felt like I was a bit insane that, is this person really throwing shade my way? Or is this person, did they really say that? Because things would happen to me and I'd go, Oh, we're all in this together. Isn't this one big happy acting family? And no, it wasn't one big no. happy acting family. <laughs> like some people Not were nice. All. All nice people everywhere. <laughs> but this was, I, I just remember as I, as I wrote the screenplay, and then I thought, oh, I'd like to write the novel because I felt there was so much more to say, and I wanted to say it. And then as I started writing, I remember thinking, all right, and that happened, and that happened, and, and things that would happen to me, but then I just took them to their conclusion. Like someone might throw shade or go, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Like there's a, one scene in there about another actress with a car not being that nice to another actress. And that same thing didn't exactly happen to me, but it was the kind of thing where, oh, there was almost this mishap and the look on the woman's face and just what she said, the other actress, the actress driving didn't seem like she was too upset that she had almost hit me with her car. So I just, <laughs> kind of took things to the next logical conclusion, just obviously for dramatic effect. And I don't know. There, I feel like I, I, book, you really caught even the it's flavor fiction, too. Okay. Yeah, but you good, caught the good. flavor of it in, in that, in, you know, uh, I think uh, some of it takes place in, in both places, New York and LA. Am I correct? Because I read it four weeks ago. But uh, yes, mostly in LA though. Mostly in LA. So I know both forms of auditioning, but what people don't realize, and they will find out in this book when they read it, is the real backstory on auditions. It's not just all glory and, you know, you could be walking into an audition and an actress, you know, who's all friendly, as she comes out, she goes, oh, they're not looking for your type, and walks away. <laughs> then you go, next. <laughs> or somebody once told me this one, which is the worst thing I've ever heard. Somebody came out, uh, uh, she came she was going into her audition as an actress she knew was coming out. Oh, they said they only want to see pretty people. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so your book captures this. Now, how did you get into this uh, kind of film noir kind of head that you uh, wrote in? That's what was, for me, it was interesting because I had a, I'll say, core of this book. 
And then mm-hmm. as I continue to write and flesh out the characters, I thought, literally, just keep going down that dark tunnel because people on the outside aren't always the same on the inside. So I thought, well, as you are coming up with the different characters, and some are fun and some are funny and some are scary and some are smart and some are not that intelligent, but as I'm coming up with this bevy of characters to just make it seem like what happens in real life. You do not know who, who's a killer. And I don't want to scare anybody because life is not. No, I, I, I walk did outside the know. Door. You, you <laughs> so fooled me. You so fooled me when I got to the end. I went, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was hoping. That's what I was hoping for. It, it, it was a very like, wah, wah, wah moment. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I said, she so fooled me. I thought I was so smart reading this book. It's oh, I got it. Problem. I get lost. <laughs> right, right, right. I... Oh, Nancy, that makes me feel so good hearing you say that because I'm oh, as I was writing it, me. and I had and you're talking to a law and order, uh, law and uh, order aficionado. Uh, aficionado. So I guess yeah. the first five minutes, you you wrecked me. <laughs> <laughs> it was so like I honestly. <laughs> I have to say, honestly, when I can't, this is, I think, why I'm so in love with this genre and with writing, I think even more than acting right now, because when I came up with who I decided would be the killer, I must have laughed and was giddy for like a day and a half. I didn't do any writing. I kept going, oh, that's great. Yes, that's great. And I kept saying, okay, is that possible? Is that possible? And making sure I had all my T's crossed and I's dotted and you know what I mean? Because I, I hate when someone, when you're reading a, a mystery or watching a, a show and someone ends up being the killer and you go, okay, that was a stretch. Or, hmm, they just kind of shoehorn that in because they want it to be a surprise. I wanted it to be grounded in the possibility that, yes, this is real. And then when I came up, up with it, I was like, yeah, let's keep going. I'm, I'm so hooked on this genre, Nancy. I'm so you, you hooked. You got me. I, you, you so got me. And I'm, I'm an avid <laughs> reader. And and I oh, I'm, I'm such a smartass about knowing oh I know who did yeah. <laughs> and the, for the beginning of everything and I was like right right damn she got me she got me I would have never and that the and I'm not going to tell people because you got to go to Amazon and get the book and um, you're gonna it's and you know what it's just in time what's really great about the book it's just in time for summer reading so that oh, is yeah. that is your beach book people. That is your beach book. You will not put it down because I was, I, I actually, can I tell you this? I read it in one day. Did you? I read it in one oh, day. I love it. I love it. I oh, couldn't put great. it down. I, had, I was like, wait a minute. And I love the male character. Where did you uh, get that male character? And because I know you, it's hard to like not go, is this Donna? No, no, it's not Donna. But it's, <laughs> the male character is so good. <laughs> I think I just have met so many people, and I'm not going to – honestly, there was No, you can't give out names, but – Right, it, right. There the wasn't one person that I really it, based it on. Yes, that's how I felt. Like, oh, I wonder who this person is that she based this on, because I could see a couple of different – you know, of course, as a actor as well, all I kept thinking of, how would I cast this? You know, <laughs> who's playing this part from the way you described it? And I'm going, you know, oh, God, this could be so many people playing this part. It's, it's no. so good. And it's almost, and I don't want to say the play that I, and that was made into a movie. <laughs> that go ahead, I, go ahead. Um, 
similarities to. No, because it gives away some of your things. I can't say, but it's a very oh, famous okay, movie. Okay. If I give, I don't okay. want to give it away because it gives away uh, some of the things in it. But it's I a gotcha. very it's, famous okay. movie, and with very Ooh. famous actors in it. And then I kept thinking. I said, "Wait a minute!" And that was a play too. And then I said, "Hey, this would make a great play." <laughs> Well, I am so hoping that, well, I'll say maybe years from now, maybe after the writer's strike, that we can have the same conversation. You'll go, that movie, it was perfect. It was great. And I can't believe they got such and such to play that role. That would be fantastic. And I like the flavor of, um, uh, because, and especially if if you are in the theater and you you don't know and you haven't been to L.A. now, um, Donna really captures that L.A. auditioning, the driving everywhere to get to a space the frustration with everything, the kind of um, nightlife it is. And she captures that. So as you're reading it, you really, you are taken outside to something different, which I love. I love learning Actually, about things when I'm reading. Go ahead. You, you hit on something that I don't know why, but I happen to just open the book. You were talking about L.A. and the driving. Can I just leave, read a little snippet about oh, please, uh, would the you? driving? Yes, Sure. This is just because it to me just kind of reminds me of the nonsense. Um, Cindy headed north on the 101 at the beginning of rush hour, 3 p.m. The traffic would still be the same an hour earlier at 2 p.m. and even heavier, 4 to 8 p.m. She was smashing the gas pedal, then jamming the brake, trying to make headway. She was moving forward, but at an agonizingly slow stop and go, get up to 50 miles per hour, then hit the brakes pace. She was hoping to be in Pacific Palisades by 4. An unrealistic expectation, but Cindy was giving that traffic all she had, shaking her fist at it, swearing at it. She even gave it the finger. Then she tried ignoring it, answering emails and texts on her phone, but then she became the recipient of many a middle finger herself. People are so rude, she huffed loudly. If they knew I was an actress going to meet a big-time director, they would pull up next to me and ask for my autograph, not ride my tail and then cut me off. Even through her outburst, she kept checking her makeup in the rearview mirror to make sure she still looked great. Look at this idiot, she wailed. You're giving me the finger because I won't let you in front of me, she shouted through the closed window. Get behind me. I have an important interview. Get behind me. She banged the steering wheel and hurt the heel of her hand. Ow. Oh, idiots. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> that is cool. Now I can't wait for the audio book. <laughs> I, your voice is so great. Uh, oh, yeah. It is, I, I mean, mean, you should do the audio book as well. The, uh, I love that, that you captured that. So um, my problem with L.A., when I was out there, I would ask directions, and they go, well, that's south. And I go, which direction is that? And they go, well, where's the sun? I said, I'm not Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> I know where's I look like Magellan, sun? but if you, just, <laughs> if you just tell me. And they would say that. It's not like, so if you're a New York actress, it really, uh, if you're interested at all in acting, because you capture so much of it in the book, just the frustrations of it, that you're, you're saying that no matter where you start off, everybody says it's a half hour away, but the frustrations right. of having to be in character, having to do this, having to have frenemies that you don't mm-hmm. know about, and right. that are subversive in a subtle way that you, uh, it's a whole different experience that you added, especially killer actress, to this, to this concept. 
And now, again, I want to get back to your, your, uh, male, um, your male character. Um, now, because are you talking I, Martin I like, or Trax? Are you talking the lead guy, Martin, or the... The lead guy, Martin. Um, okay. The, he's the, the, he's the, the former police guy? Is that him? Am I the right guy? Yes. Yeah, yeah he's guy. out on disability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's out on disability, which is another thing you snuck in there uh, because <laughs> life disables us to a certain degree where we don't see truth. And exactly. uh, oh, I know I'm a good reader. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you, if are. you don't see the truths <laughs> that are there. And with him, there's a lot of truth he wasn't seeing. I was reading them, and I was going, no, Martin, no. <laughs> I'm not reading it. And, uh, and it's just like <laughs> I love the character that you had there. The other guy, I just thought, like, as a woman, I didn't trust. So I, I'm not going to give anything away. But um, uh, that was Trask. That's the other guy. Yeah, it's funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just got an email from someone who's in the middle of reading it, and it's a, a former director of mine. And he said, well, I'm, I'm reading the book slowly, and I'm just getting through it. He said, but that, that tracks character, I actually think I like him, but I don't want to admit that I like him because he's kind of just like someone, what did he say? He's like, it's like the opposite of what you want to be, but you don't mind reading about it <laughs> and, and <laughs> fantasizing. He goes, but you'd never want to admit that you really want to be that way. And I thought, okay, I can't wait to talk to him after he finishes reading the book. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's touching it's so, people. And it's, it's not that. Uh, also, I like the, um, I like the way you, you – a lot of authors will, will paint the scenery, but you painted the people. You you mm. drew the people. You painted. It's not about the scenery. You were painting about this is their environment, like a goldfish bowl. So it's like watching this go on, what was going on and going on. You were part of it, and yet you were watching from the outside as you read the book because the okay. characters were so interesting and also, again, disillusioning ourselves and believing what we want to believe, even mm. though the facts are there where everything points what, to the facts. So it was, I know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, this is why I, this is so funny. I, I'm, I'm almost, you're bringing me to tears almost because this has been such a, and I don't want to sound so cliche, like such a solitary endeavor, but it really has been. I didn't discuss this with any, like the way we're talking about it now, I was hoping to have this kind of exchange with someone before I put the book out there because, you know, I was nervous putting it out there. And I thought, okay, I you know, had the screenplay, and I liked the screenplay. I, one guy, he read it, and he just kind of laughed. And I was like, okay, is he laughing at me or with me? But I didn't bother to ask. I just said, okay, thanks. But he didn't give me any notes. And then once I got the novel written, I was like, okay, you know, I read Stephen King's book on, on writing, and I'm supposed to get some people to read this before I put it out there. And I thought, well, that's kind of a large ask when people are living their lives and doing their things. And even if they are avid readers, I don't know, asking someone to read it's, Yeah, your you know book. what? It's kind of good you didn't because I've done that with other projects. And yeah. it, it crippled me. It crippled oh. me where I didn't write for a while. This will oh, never work. Kidding. I don't know why you're doing this. So it's kind of good that you didn't, Donna, that you just went with your gut feeling 
uh, which your lead character does a lot too, but that you went with that because it can cripple you. It, it, unless it's somebody you truly, truly trust, it can cripple you as well, which is wow. a lot of this too, which is in your book. What cripples us is our lust for something that maybe you don't deserve. What can cripple you wow. is your yeah, your lust yeah. for thinking you deserve more than you do. That you're mm. just that, and and it's and that it's uh, you know if you're in a narcissistic head, no good can come to you if you're narcissistic and that's all you think about. How can I benefit right. me? Who can I walk over to get what I want? And oh, it was so perfect. good on that level, you know? And uh, also, as I said, it would make a great – I'll tell you later. I'll email you what the movie was later so you'll know. Okay, no, I perfect. I just don't want to great. give it away. So. I'll email no, you. No, that's fine. But it, it, it's just – it had so many attributes of a, a great film noir without, without the metaphors. It has such okay. a great uh, okay. attributes of a film noir film and just that I can feel it. Uh, and the tension building. I like that you had you put in the the part about the driving because that's tension building in the book. Oh, do you mind reading mm. another short passage? Do you have another passage you might oh. want to share with us? Sure. I'm trying to think of. Do you want something a little more upbeat or something that kind of tells you about uh, being uh, an actor? Uh, being an actor. Oh, this is okay. Actually, well. Either on the one. small you desk. Pick. Okay, this is this is a little short one. On the small desk, waist height in front of the number was an official-looking form that had a space for actors to sign in and put their Screen Actors Guild number, agent's name, time they arrived, time they left, and their gender. Martin spotted Cindy's name. He took out his phone. Maneuvering with one hand, he managed to snap a picture of the form. Those other names on that sheet might be helpful. As soon as the picture was taken, a casting associate appeared through the doorway. If looks could kill, Martin would be with Patricia right now. The associate never spoke a word. They held Martin in their glacial stare as they snatched the sign-in sheet away from his prying eyes. Martin found no need to cause any commotion, but he tried to explain. I- I'm sorry, I'm just trying to... Are you an actor? No, but then get out. With these final thoughts, they disappeared down the back hallway along with their noxious fumes of new money and a little bit of power. This is a rough business. He left when he noticed the casting person coming back toward him with a no-nonsense woman and a I-don't-have-time-for-this-nonsense attitude. Martin moved swiftly to avoid a scene. Outside the studio, he lit a cigarette as he waited for Jim to swing the cab around and pick him up. He wondered what Cindy was doing now. Then he pushed the thought from his aching head. Not an actor, wow. but he got a little glimpse of just some yeah, of the energy that's what I'm that saying. goes. The energy, yeah. and that's, it's like you're driving this vehicle through the book. <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> nice. that you're driving this vehicle and you're adding to it, passengers to it, as you drive the vehicle through. And it's this passenger, Ooh. this passenger, and you, this passenger and you go, but who's really driving the car? And that mm. is my question. Who's really driving this car? Because Martin knows one thing. Cindy knows, you know, everybody has their own reality. And everybody thinks they're driving the car. But then at the end of the book, you find out who's not driving the car. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is a weird question for you. Did you find it at all? And be honest with me, please, even though we are on the air. 
Did you find it distracting at all that you didn't really know who was driving, or did you kind of like trying to guess who was driving, or was it just like I like trying you to guess think about it because okay I like okay. trying to guess because that's a good mystery to me is guessing uh, that's, that's a good mystery I if I if I if I'm guessing who's doing it and I was so guessing wrong as <laughs> you'll find out if you buy the book on Amazon go to Amazon. <laughs> And thedonnacooper.com is your website, right? The Donna Cooper? Yes. Is that your website? Exactly. The Donna yes, Cooper. The Donna Cooper. And uh, Donna Cooper, by the way, and just, I wouldn't give out a backstory, is a brilliant performer, comedian, oh, actress, geez. voiceover artist, just so you know. So she has the feel for this. And if you've never, if you've never, <laughs> if you ever thought that acting was glamorous, read this book. Uh, you will be scared about, I don't want to know. No, I'm an actor now. <laughs> but I think they hurt know, people. I, I really <laughs> felt like all my years of, I'll say, you know, being in the business and and slugging it out, and whether being in New York or you know, back in LA, because I was in LA for more than twenty years, I never encountered a book or a pamphlet or anyone that mentioned acting on that level. It was either. Okay, you're no, trying hard, don't. and then boom, you know, you make it success. And then you, you come to realize, and this is just my experience, the people who, you know, they make it, and it's like, oh, well, their great aunt is, you know, Lauren Bacall. And you're like, oh, they had it in. And too many <laughs> Oh, her, her father is Charlie Weaver. <laughs> right, exactly. And, I, I, again, I don't begrudge any – I really don't begrudge nepotism because you're like, if I got a good thing, I want my family to have a great thing, and I get it. There's money to be made. But I realized there was no one that I never came across, and I love reading, then I didn't come across a story about me. Not necessarily that it had to be about Donald Gruber, but about an actor who you know, don't, I don't have any ties in the business. You've got tons of people who are just like, I'm just going to give it a shot, and I'm going to get out there. And they're, they're like your mid-level act. Some of them just continue to do commercials. Some of them do guest stars and you know, co-star roles every now and then. But most of that pool don't become that top 1% of only only the 3% people, of working actors make a living at only 3% of working actors make a living 3% any other okay, profession that is frightening 3% that is frightening <laughs> of the 50,000 okay. people in actors equity only 1500 are employed usually 50,000 so it well, is hard and the book is so good that um, hey Donna, don't get freaked yes. out, but I'm going to go a little longer with this show because you're so interesting. So <laughs> we're going to go right, I over. I won't freak out. I won't freak out. I won't freak out. Don't freak out because freak it's out. so interesting. But um, also because you've been there and you've lived it and you you've done this, um, I just want to say, how did you go? Because I know your comedy background from comedy to murder. How did you do that? Yeah. Actually, you know. Okay, to be honest with you, how I did it was because of my husband. He, not that he doesn't he's murder still alive. people, does he? <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't murder people, and he is still alive. But he okay. actually um, was a cop, U.S. Marshal. So he was oh. always chasing bad guys. And I had never been open or experienced to that to anybody, anybody in that field. And when we started going out, because a lot of the things he did, and he worked with terrorists and things of that nature, so a lot of things he couldn't tell me. It was very hush-hush. Literally, the phone would ring at 3 in the morning. He'd get up and have some, like, crazy conversation and then get back. And I'm like, uh, can you? And he's like, no, I can't tell you because it's, you know, official secrets actor. I'll have to kill you. Or what are those things? Literally. <laughs> yeah. So I, 
slowly but surely, death kind of began to surround me. Or I'd hear things and he'd go, oh, yeah, I know that person or whatever. Or, yeah, that's a – or don't read that. Or, and I thought, okay, there's more going on in this world than making sure that, you know, that my face is blemish-free and that I'm wearing the right outfit for this audition. There's yes. more to life. Okay? <laughs> yes. So yes. as he was in my life more and more, I thought how interesting that – well, honestly – the story that really catapulted me to recognize that I was so caught up in my selfish ways. I'd called him one day at work because I was upset about not getting this. I was at a call back and the director was mean to me. And uh, so I called him and exactly. And he didn't say, sweetheart, I can't talk to you right now. He just went, got to go. And he hung up on me. And I went, Oh, this relationship will not last. That's the kind of behavior. (laughs) So I waited for him to come home and I was ready to have it out with him. Luckily, the TV happened to be on, and he comes in, and I was like, you know what, Uh, I don't, I know we all have rough days, but you could have at least have said, sweetheart, I'm in the middle of something, or, you know, he just tells her to watch TV. turns out (laughs) he was standing outside in all his riot gear, guns blazing, they were standing outside a home, waiting to, this is a true story, waiting to take down, it was at that time, someone from the um, Mexican drug cartel. This is in L.A., saying that, and they're, they're waiting for the, I guess, the okay or whatever the word is from a judge. Yeah. And they were coming through on his phone. So his phone is you know, on speaker. They're standing with guns blazing, Honey, waiting for the judge to <laughs> Right. So, like, the, the phone rings, and it's me going, I can't believe that they were mean to me in the audition. And that's why he just hung up. So all the guys are like, oh, oh, right. And then two seconds later, the judge called, and then they burst in and took them down. So I'm watching on television. All this unfolds. I went, he goes, when you called, we were waiting for the judge. And it really I, I hope he got some beef bolognese that night. <laughs> he got more beef bolognese, but we won't go there. Um, yeah, it, it, it was great to but see But it's good, it's good, and there. it's like, and I like to, I must mention, and, and we're going to go over time on this because uh, she's such a fascinating guest, uh, if you're listening. Her book is available on Amazon. Go to thedonnacooper.com to find out everything else about oh, Wait. We must mention your book signing coming up. May 11th. Oh, yes. May 11th, the book signing. I'm so excited. It's, I know a lot of people don't want to come out to Long Island if you live in the city or in Brooklyn or Queens, but it's not that far. Westbury, Long Island, there's a train stop at Westbury. The Westbury Public Library is literally five minutes from the train station, 7 p.m., May 11th. It's a Thursday night, nothing much going on, 7 p.m., come on out. It's going to be a big Q&A, a little bit of a party, just a, a little, little bit of banter like this, asking questions and signing on the book. And you, can, and you can ask all the questions you like, and I will answer them all honestly and truthfully. But I won't give anything away in case you haven't read You the book. can't and give I'll anything away. You, know, you have no idea. Audience that's listening, you have no idea how hard it is for me not to say anything. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Just, it's killing me not to say anything. Uh, but oh, killing me! Oh, metaphor. Okay, but there you go. Um, <laughs> there you go. But the thing is, I also like to. Here's the other thing I liked. See, there's so many things I liked. The other thing I liked is that you didn't focus on the prettiness. You didn't mm. focus on that. You focused on the driven, the driven <sighs> heart of the female psyche. You are that so, the, oh, man, you're good. You're good. But you, you focused really, I mean, on that. Not about I'm putting on this makeup, I'm going to wear my Chanel. No, it wasn't about that. 
you focus on I have one purpose to get everybody out of my way. And it was just like, whoa, I know these women. And I love that you did that because it was a different kind of writing. Oh, wow. I'm going to say thank you because I, when, I was, when I write, I don't think, oh, I want to be like this person or that person. My mind just works, and I try to put down something that's going to be engaging for me. And I notice that when I'm writing, I tend to write the end. If I'm writing a paragraph, I come up with a couple of sentences, and I go, all right, Donnie, you got to back it up a little bit because no one's going to really know what you're talking about. So I, I have a flow that I love, but I, you didn't I like focus being on that. Yes, but the thing I, is, I liked about that was about there's okay, no frills in this. She's focusing mm. on dr- driven women. She's focusing on the psyche of driven women, not about what they're wearing because it doesn't matter mm-hmm. to them. Because women like that, it all comes from the inside. What right, they're going to do right. to do to somebody, it comes from the inside. So everything else, that's just, that's just the painted on. They, they don't even know yes. what they look like when they go out. They all, their mind exactly. is in charge of their body. So and, when they know, go out, I, I think, love Go ahead. That describes more of us. I really do. I think it's not that there's a bunch of killer women are walking around out there, or killer men for that matter, but I, I feel like really what is inside is what's driving us. And, yes, sometimes – they say, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. But a lot of us, honestly, it's hard to not look at someone and make a judgment about them because we do it all the time. We see someone and you make a snap judgment. You might not say anything. You might kind of hold it in reserve and then you speak to them and go, okay, maybe you see what you were wrong or maybe a little bit correct or something. But to me, that it's your brain. It's how your mind works. That, that to me describes everything. It, it doesn't even matter if you are naked or dressed in black. It doesn't matter if you're wearing pants or a skirt. Not or a to hat your or... characters. Your characters didn't care. They just okay. they were just driven. They were like, Whoa. <laughs> and it was just it was so refreshing to read a book like that where I would I would say like a man would write it in a version and say something like she, she it was like the stock market. Her legs went up and up and up, you know. Thank you. But, Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, that that's how a man would write this kind of thing. But what you were writing, it was about a man trying to understand yeah. what was going on with women. He knows yeah. what he knows from his years of experience in, in law enforcement. Right. He knows what he knows. He's got disability on top of it, so he's not at the top of his game. But in his head, right. he's still a young man. And the mm-hmm. thing is, it, with them, you, you, you made these characters where, as the book progressed, I got more and more frightened. I was like, wait Did a minute, really? this is like reading a Stephen King novel. <laughs> well, honestly, I have to thank Stephen King. I really do. And I probably should have done it in a book. I, I'll definitely write it. I'm writing a sequel to this, just by the by. Oh, and boy. Oh, I, God. I don't know if I, my heart can take it. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I felt like I felt like it, I needed, I knew I was going to write a sequel even before I finished it, which was a weird feeling because I'm yes, this is my first oh, novel. I see it. But okay, okay, I, I I felt like I had to, I had to, and especially some just the smattering of feedback that the relationship to some of the characters uh, people have, have already developed. You have to write developed. a sequel because of the way it ended. <laughs> You can't leave me well, there. All right, all right. So okay, if you, if I'm you have to write. You have to write the sequel. It's not that I could see it in so many different versions of it. When I was, I was like thinking, oh my god, uh, it's a musical. No, it's it's a play. Oh, it could be both. 
it's it's because it had so many elements, staging-wise. Of Mm. course, being in theater, I'm thinking like, wow, this would make a great play. No, wait a minute, make a great musical. Well, wait a minute, you know. It it had so many elements, you know. You hear what I'm saying? I'm saying a musical. (laughs) That it would make a great musical because the women parts are so strong. And other than Reese Witherspoon and, um, oh, gosh, Gina Davis, you really don't Mm. have women promoting women in film or women in television. But this is a woman-driven. Go ahead. I'm going to read you a fun part, a little fun part about women. Okay. Yes. Small women. He goes, we'll keep it short. This place is great. Martin spoke more to himself and the room than to Maggie. I'm used to the darker dives where karaoke is a dirty word and the clientele looked like they died a month ago. Maggie laughed. She liked his sense of humor. Figured he had to have one married to Cindy. She scolded herself for once again trashing this man's wife and vowed to cut it out. She joined the conversation. I hold nothing against seedy dives, but there are times I need to hear some Bruno Mars or Temptations or Beyonce and all her single ladies to go with my hard drinking. Oh, so you're a little old school, huh? I'm really a dinosaur. Could never get enough of my older brother's CDs. Play me some Brothers Johnson, Beatles, Sly and the Family Stone, Paul and Funkadelic, Clapton, even some Muddy Waters, and I could drink all night. And I don't get hungover because I usually keep drinking. Sheila E.'s The Glamorous Life started, and a group of faux glamorous friends rushed the stage to join their buddy. Recognizing his theme song, Devin swan back to the table with nachos, their drinks, Two waters, small plates, extra napkins, and three shots of goodnight Irene's. Announcing the shots as he placed them down, Maggie protested, I know you didn't order these GNIs. They're on me, in honor of your first date. So, down in one. Wait, Maggie interrupted. What is a GNI? And this isn't a... Martin's turn to interrupt. By the smell of it, it's my old friend, Jose Cuervo, tequila. And a GNI is goodnight Irene. Drink up. They drained their shots. Devin disappeared with the small glasses before anyone could say, fire in the hole. And that's the beginning wow. of the fun night out. <laughs> that, no, that's, well, that's what I'm trying to tell people. I mean, I'm really, uh, if go to, you can read my review on Amazon. I really, uh, I approve this book. What's the Buzz okay. New York? Totally approves this for your reading list, especially your summer reading list. You know what, I, as I'm hearing you read it, because I love the, the audio version, um, is that this is a book I want to read when I'm on that bus out to the North Shore, because I want, Perfect. as I said, I couldn't put it down. I, I read it in one sitting, and I said, oh, wait, I can't stop now. It's like it's like binge watching. I was binge reading. Mm. So listen, everybody, Perfect. Amazon.com, author Donna Cooper, check her out. Uh, she's got so many film credits, we're not even going to brag about them. Uh, you can go to <laughs> com and listen for her voice everywhere, the Lauren Bacall of our nation, and uh, check out the book. And especially if you're in that area, uh, please, please go uh, to her book signing there. Uh, she'll be book signing. She'll be answering your questions about it. Uh, she'll be answering any questions you have, actually, at this point, because she's a, a great spiritual leader. So anyway, join the Westbury as she shares a journey as an author of both fiction and nonfiction. And uh, yeah. listen, Ashley, you've got it. You've got to check. The, the nonfiction is really a fun book because 
the short version of how that came about, I had written that. My husband and I were in literally in a, a huge trailer by the lake, and I was like, I have to write a, this book that's got, like, different links in it. And it's 10 links. And if you do the links, life will be great. And my husband's looking at me like, what are you talking about? But I knew I, I wanted to put something down because I would have so many 20-somethings and even 30-somethings asking me questions about things that I realized, oh, they don't, that thanks they to don't know. Obvious. Right, exactly. They don't know. So I went, okay, they don't know. have this little book of like 10 links is what I was calling them. And then when I realized that someone else decided to, we'll put it kindly, borrow the idea, I went, okay, <laughs> let's keep, let's do my 10 links. But instead, I begin each link with something that I've done that is a bit of a faux pas. So it's not just these are the 10 things to do to have a better life. I write a little bit of a story of what I've actually done in my life, whether it be uh, getting on the wrong bus when I was in college, coming home to New York and making the bus driver pull over on the Massachusetts Turnpike. And he was like, I can't do this. I said, yes, you can. I can't. So after this big fight on the bus, he, pulled, he literally lets me out on the Massachusetts Turnpike. Those of you who are familiar with Massachusetts, this little, I'm on the mass bike making a run for it. And I realized I have to get back to the depot, but there's a huge fence that's got barbed wire on the top. So I take my little suitcase, my little duffel bag, and throw it over the fence. I scale the fence, but there's no, there's no poles on it. So I'm on this fence, and I'm dipping into traffic, and I continue to scale up there, and I get a little bruised and battered, and I throw myself over the fence and kind of scratched up. I scurry up the hill. I get back to the bus depot, and the guy behind the ticket booth looks at me, and I'm breathing heavy. I'm like, oh, yeah, the bus to Long Island hasn't come yet. He went, didn't you just get on the bus to New York City? And I went, yeah, I should have been on the bus to Long Island. He said, well, how did you get back? Then he went, never mind. And two seconds later, the <laughs> I bus to Long know. Island pulled up. <laughs> but yes, exactly. So I, I write about things like that in Achieving Fulfillment because none of us are perfect. We've all made mistakes. And I kind of wish that I had had something like Achieving Fulfillment. It's a thin book. It's what, 100 pages that really just kind of makes me feel better. Well, Donna, it doesn't matter about better. achieving fulfillment. You're just a fun read. That's all. You're a fun read. You're a fun read. We're just going to put it back in the, uh, you know, Berlitz book of fun reads and, and uh, you know, learn learn from everything. Uh, I wish people read more and didn't look at their phones more and read more because um, I find reading – so much more stimulating than looking at my phone. If I read a book I and I, I soak in everything about the book, but the, the thing about a book and, and, you know, I want to say F chat box uh, is that mm. um, <laughs> you, it's, it's a person, it's like the, the, the sign of a good comedian. If you go up and just tell mm. jokes, eh, anybody can tell jokes, but if you're talking about yourself, then you're yeah. making life funny and you're actually saying, I'm putting myself on the line, so read my books. I'm putting myself on the mm. line for you, so read my books here. She's on Amazon.com. I, thank you so much. You, your readings are excellent, by the way. <laughs> I oh, can't wait. You. If you go, you go to Westbury, I hope she's going to do some readings when she goes to the uh, Westbury on May 11th uh, library. It's right there, the train. There's a lot of great restaurants there. I'm going to send the link to my son. If he's not working, hopefully he's, he's near there. Hopefully he can go. But um, that would be great. Uh, it, would be great. It's Love such, to meet him. It's, 
Oh, you're not going to believe when you see how old he is. Okay, I, I, you know it's funny. I I don't have any kids, and I kind of, I love children, but I always do this kind of peek out of one eye when someone's like, "Oh, you're not going to believe how old." Like I just saw a friend of mine who I had known for years, and she's like, "Oh, my son's coming tonight," and this kid walks in, and I was like, "This is not amusing. This is not a fun time. This is not." This is not fun to see this person. You know what's not a fun time, four. Donna? When your son <laughs> well, walks into a room and is standing next to you. And you think you're standing next to some man, and you have to look twice and go, "Oh, that's mine! <laughs> that's mine! That's great! I love that's it!" Mine. Oh, I'm standing next to some take. man oh. with a beard. That's my son. But it's great, uh, Donna. It, this has been a great interview, and uh, I'm going to play the song I especially wrote for you on GarageBand as we go out. Is there anything you want to add as we go out? I just wanted to add that you know what. Trust your gut, follow your instincts, and the more you read, what do they say on Channel 4? The more you know. Thank you, Nancy. You're great. Thank you for being a guest today on today's show. I highly recommend this book, everyone. Check it out. It's just, uh, I love this film noir fucking but it's just like, I know. <laughs> hey, it's, it's I think killer it's just like a great a underplay for your, yeah, but buy the it's, book. It's perfect. Uh, it's it's perfect for it, and also it's a great summer read. It's a great read for those rides to the Hamptons, people. You will time will fly if you read this book because you're not going to put it down, and you're going to be looking at all the actors out there going, "Hmm, did Donna write about them? I'm not sure." <laughs> so Donna, this I, show will stay up online. It's online. Uh, you can embed great. it. It will be online, and if people, if you're listening and you came in late. Uh, you can download it. It's available on I, it's available on so many platforms. I don't know because they're not paying me for that. Oh, that's great! So, but it's on iTunes. You can download it and listen to it again. It will stay up online forever. I highly recommend Donna Cooper's Murder Mystery. It's gonna scare Killer you. Killer actress. Yes. Killer actress. I think I love it. I think I might want this theme song for the book signing. I'm going to have to talk to you about that. <laughs> oh, I'll just send it to you. I'll send it to you on <laughs> an MP3, and you you're, can play it at the beginning. It's a minute and 23. It's nothing. I put it together. But, Donna, congratulations. Ex- excellent work. Everyone read my review of the book. I highly recommend it, especially uh, – <laughs> hey, hey, this is just putting it out there uh, – mothers. <laughs> and so, if your dad always forgets Mother's Day, this wouldn't be a bad book to buy her. Just saying. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Enjoy reading. I love you, Nancy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank I love you. you too, Donna. Thank you so much. All right. This has been What's Take the Buzz in New York with your host, me, Nancy Lombardo, and our special guest, Donna Cooper. Big kiss. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.